0: I've never ever woken up not wanting to go to work, ever. And that's pretty amazing, right? How many people can say that? And I'm also, and what keeps me going as well is, I have this phenomenal team who work with me, who are motivated by the same thing. They're motivated by how can we make a difference? And if you have everybody aligned on the same page, that everybody runs in the same direction.
1: Gaurav, I'm so happy having you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so let's get to know you. Can you tell us about your background and your career so far? Okay. I finished school, I went to the
0: army, I went to drama school, I did a degree in theatre, I did a degree in political science, because that one was supposed to be the SAFE degree, and worked, interned a bit in Washington, DC, using the politics, but I worked for an intern for a lobby firm. But then this opportunity came up in Singapore, and I thought I would try it for six months and then go back to the US, and almost 30 years later, I'm still here. I love it. So when we started with SRT in, yeah, almost 30 years ago, there were two, three people and we had tons of fun. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And the adrenaline rush for all of us is the work we do transforming the cultural landscape of a country and i mean it sounds a little over the top but it is literally mm-hmm. that singapore's 50 years old our company is 30 years old so we're growing up with a country and the type of shows we do not just srt but yeah. not just singapore Repertory theater but the arts industry, we are shaping the cultural landscape of a country. I mean, you can't get a bigger adrenaline right (laughs) than that. How does that feel? That to me is, that's what keeps me going. So I'm lucky from two points of view. One, I've never ever woken up not wanting to go to work, ever. And that's pretty amazing, right? How many people can say that? And I'm also, and what keeps me going as well is I have this phenomenal team who work with me who are motivated by the same thing. They're motivated by how can we make a difference. And if you have everybody aligned
1: on the same page, then everybody runs in the same direction. Okay, so, I mean, you, you came from the arts, uh, uh, you have an arts background. And now you are managing a company and you are also uh, organizing these huge uh, festivals with many people. Where did you learn the leadership skills? I give a lot
0: of credit. Credit. I attribute that rather to, believe it or not, the army.
1: Hmm.
0: I think when I was in the army, I became a... Boot camp instructor. So I trained recruits. And every three months we get 40 new recruits. So over the course of two years, we had, you know, for every course of a year, you had 40, 40, 40. It was and I remember starting, and I yelled at my recruits the same way my instructors yelled at me. And I thought that's how it's done. And you learn very quickly that everybody's motivated differently. And I think this was the... There are two things I took out of the army that were very useful. One was you learn who needs to be cajoled, who needs to be yelled at, who needs to be persuaded, who needs to be incentivized, who needs uh, moral support, who needs a little bit of patience. Once you've learned that about different people, then you have 40 people who will do... Not just what you want, but what will help them as make their life easier. And once we had found a way that or oh, I had found a way to make sure that my recruits were all on the same page and had found what was the right trigger to inspire them and get them going, then we actually had a lot of fun. I mean as much fun as you can have as in
1: boot camp in the army. So now let's understand, how is that serving you? So how do you, how do you build your team in SRT? Or what is important?
0: So when I did, when we started, I mean, like I said, there were three of us. And every time I hired someone, as we grew, by the second or third interview, but third latest, I made sure that the entire team and we were doing this all the way until we had 10, 15 employees. I made sure everybody interviewed the person. So we'd put them in a room, and they could ask anything they want. I mean, if you were the poor candidate, I mean, talk about terrifying, right? You've already done an interview with me. You've done an interview with, uh, you've probably done a second round with someone else. And then your third round is, you've got 10 people in the room. But I learned that the majority of those 10 did not ask anything. But what it made, what I was trying to do is make sure that they took ownership of the hire. That they, they were in the room. They said yes. I'm like, if any of you, when the candidates left, I'm like, if any of you have an issue with this or a problem, you need to tell me now, because if this person joins, you signed off on it. You have to make it work. And I really, really think that made a difference. I don't know if other people do that, but it really worked for us. And I think it got rid of, we had no politics in the office.
1: Mm.
0: We have, everyone's running in the same direction. Everyone's trying to achieve the same thing. Everyone has this great, greater vision. Everyone has the immediate vision for the company. Everyone has, we have lots of problems. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> as with any company. but. Everybody. I don't think there's politics because everyone signed off on this hire. It's become a little bit more challenging now. Now we have, I think, almost thirty staff. I can't put thirty people in a room half the time because everyone's running around on different productions. But at least the people that that individual is
1: going to yeah. interact with the most. And and to to build that team, what is one of the most important ingredients to build? say a uh, high performance team. I think for us it's
0: very um, you can tell right away. And to me actually what matters more than skill is passion. Because I can teach you the job. I can teach you different aspects of how a theater company runs. At least how our theater company runs and I'm completely sure that The way ours runs is probably unique from others because like I said, it was trial and error. It's grown up around how we've made it work. But you can't teach passion. So what I try and find are individuals who are driven by the same thing. They love theater. I mean, they're, the joy in life should be that standing ovation of the audience at the end of, like standing at the back of the theater on opening night, and you see the audience jump up to their feet and applaud, and you know that you've just spent six months to a year making that show happen, and that, Mm an adrenaline
1: rush, will drive you. If I can find those people, I can teach them everything else. Wow. How does that feel when you finish a play and like, it's incredible. Here's what's interesting. When the play is good
0: and knock on wood for the most part, I think we do good work, but there's no secret formula, right? It's like making a movie. You could put A-list Hollywood actors in it and the movie could still flop. There is no formula. It's the same with theater. The critical thing is story. If the story is there, if the script is there, Everything else is bells and whistles, right? I could do fancy sets, fancy costumes, amazing lighting and sound. Those just make it better. Mm-hmm. But if the script, the script has to be amazing. Because we're storytellers, right? That's what we do. If we tell amazing stories, then we will take people on that journey with us. Mm. Yeah, I just love, I just, yeah, on opening night. <laughs> if it goes well, it's the Greatest feeling on earth, and when it doesn't, it's heartbreaking because it's very hard to fix at that juncture. And then you just have to suck it up that for the next three to four weeks. And the challenge we try, obviously, everyone in the industry tries to let not let that happen. But I've always operated on the basis that if you have a hit. It's a hit on the street. Again, we're a very young country and we're building up audience. Like previous two generations were busy building a country. They never came to the theater. So now it's the third generation of Singaporeans who are coming and bringing their children to our kids' shows. It's very important that we as an industry work together to create good work because that first experience, if they have a good time, they're gonna buy a ticket to the other, com- other theatre companies' performance the following week and so on and become arts lovers. If their first experience is terrible,
1: they're never coming back. Mm. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Now I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, okay, whenever happens, how y- you, as the director, how do you manage the next three weeks with the team managing the emotions and, of, and the, also the, the, the attitude and expectations of people? How do you manage that? I think I'm a very good listener. Ooh. So
0: I am sure this applies across different industries, but obviously in the arts you have egos, you have creative people you have it's not all left brain people at all and i find so my job is to create choose the shows choose the actors choose the directors once i and the creative team once i've done that with the team and we've put the team in place then the show really becomes the director's responsibility and he or she is the one who is with everybody every day. The most stressful part of the job is Tech Week, which is the week before we open, right? We've moved, in, we've moved from the rehearsal room into the theater and that's where it becomes really the terrain of the lighting designer, the sound designer, the set designer to make the physical production happen. It is the most stressful part of the whole process. I personally cannot do any of those things, right? I can't do the lighting design or the set design or... But what I can do is be present. And Mm. just by being in the theatre and sitting close to the director, I get to be a sounding board for them. If they need an opinion, if they need to vent, if they're upset about something, it's better that they yell at me than yell at somebody else. And I've done this for 30 years. I mean, it's, I, I don't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> I know that this is a stressful week. Mm. And I think that's how, knowing when to take someone out for a cigarette or take someone out for a drink or take you know releasing the pressure yeah. at certain points i think'm I think I'm good at that mm-hmm. um, I think I've learned how to help people and I try not to and I wasn't always like this, right I mean when I was twenty, this was one of the most stressful things right i mean if the light wasn't rigged in time, I was livid. I was like, we gave you schedule, it had to happen. I think as you get older, as much as I believe what we do is super important, and I actually think COVID has helped the arts because in lockdown, people realized, Music played a big part in their lives. Um, Netflix played a big, where did all those Netflix people came come from? I mean, art is a big part of everyone's life. And I think there's a greater appreciation for it. So it's actually a good thing that's come out of COVID. And obviously when you work in the industry, you think, this is the most important thing. But I think with age, We're putting on a show. It's not rocket science. No one's going to die. Then let's keep things in perspective.
1: Mm.
0: So it is important, but it is not brain surgery. So knowing that and being there for the team, and with experience, you also know. If someone's messed up and it is jeopardizing the production, you know when it's carelessness versus a real mistake and whether that person, you need to get rid of that person because they're sloppy or, you know, it's stressful, these things happen, no one's perfect. So sometimes they need to hear that rather than be yelled at. Hmm. So I th-
1: yeah, I think that's just experience. I love what you said. I love the, so it looks like it's, it's about, you learn also to, to manage better your emotions, not to react. To the, to the situations. But what I uh, like the most is like, it's about just sometimes just about being present. Yeah. It's just like, just being present and observe what's happening and staying present and know when to talk, when to, when to listen, when to take someone for a coffee or, mm, I, li- I, really, I really like that.
0: And the other thing, the secret formula? Now comes the secret formula. The secret formula. <laughs> to making it all go smoothly and to build. because, so like I said, it's a village. You bring 100 people together, 100, very different, very creative, very, yeah, secret formula is food. People think I'm saying this flippantly and as a joke, But we have the advantage in Singapore of incredible cuisine that doesn't have to cost a lot. I mean, feeding a hundred people is a very expensive proposition for anybody, especially an arts organization. But if you can take everyone to a hawker center or equivalent at the end of the week after rehearsals, and everyone has a glass of wine or a and is eating and bonding that makes the world difference and when we bring in actors from around the world they love that and they become ambassadors for us they go around they go back to their home countries and that's what they talk about we had the best time in Singapore the food was incredible SRT's hospitality was incredible you've got to go and work for them so it's food. That's the secret <laughs> formula.
1: Now, a question that comes to my mind is, so there's all this talent. So when you are, sometimes you're doing auditions, you, you see hundreds of people. Uh, how do you spot talent? Here's the thing I
0: tell people all the time. And I think this is exactly the same as a job interview. You are forming your opinion of that person in the first 30 seconds. When they walk in the door, It's, I don't understand why people don't appreciate this, but let's talk about actors' auditions. And you're right, we're auditioning 60 to 80 people, we can be auditioning 60 to 80 people in a day over a two, three day period. How are you going to remember 150 people, right? You're not. We do because obviously we film the auditions, we write copious notes, I have an amazing team, I have a phenomenal production manager who will be like, when I'm like, We need a five-foot-tall guy and she'll be able to pull up for me. Okay, these are the ones we saw. So she can do that and that's how we cast. But when I'm... The people I will remember that'll stand out to me, out of those hundred and fifty, maybe ten. Ten I will remember. Vividly, because a, how they walked into the room, the impression they made between the door and the center of the room makes a world of difference. If they come in, they're slouching, they flop, they have to put their bag on the floor, they s- need a sip of water, they'll fumble, they'll ask, you know. Couldn't you not have had that sip of water just before you walked in? Couldn't you mm. put your bag somewhere else so that you actually come in and make an impact? Mm. But it's presence, right? I mean, you know, we all know this, we all do this. We all interview people for jobs. It's just exactly the same as a job interview. Someone comes in, they make an impression in the first 30 seconds. It's a wonderful thing that happens is when you don't like the first 30 seconds, but then they blow you away anyway. That is amazing. But how often does that actually happen, right? You Mm. kind of, it does, it does. Then suddenly someone will deliver this incredible monologue and you'll be like, oh, or they'll sing magnificently and you'll be like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) But that person had to work harder to win you over. But so much of what we do is about charisma. It's not talent. Talent is there. Obviously, talent matters. Talent is what separates your top 10%. But charisma, you can tell right away. And if you're doing, if you're in the performing arts, you might be the most technically accomplished singer or the technically accomplished dancer. The ones that rise above are the ones with charisma. And you can tell that right away. And you can't, sadly, you can't learn that. I don't think. I don't know what you think. Do you, can you learn charisma? You should tell I me. Mean, because mm. if you could teach that, oh my God, yeah.
1: mm. you can make a lot of money if you can <laughs> teach charisma. Mm, yeah, the, the, between charisma and talent, can it be developed? It's, um, so it's an interesting question. It is, right?
0: So talent can be taught.
1: Yeah. Right? I mean, you
0: don't naturally, you're not born playing a piano. You will yeah. You practice like hell to be an amazing pianist, but what makes makes those incredible, the pianists that you remember, what makes them special, because they are still playing the same number of keys. They're still playing the same score that was performed
1: a hundred years ago. Good, okay, so we're coming to to the end of our conversation. Um, What is a question that no one asks you but you would love to, to answer? One of the things that
0: I get, I wish more people would ask me is, should I go into this profession? Because my answer would be no. It's a terrible, terrible industry to go into. The hours are bad, the pay is low, it's very hard to have a personal life, it's stressful, you deal with difficult people, honestly, there are much easier ways to make money and make a living. And I think some people have realized that with COVID, which is why they're not coming back to the industry. And I wish more people would ask me that, so that I could tell them that. Don't go into the arts, unless you are 110% all in, and it is the thing that gets you out of bed, and it's the thing that motivates you, and being part of that production is the most important thing in your life, and everything else can wait, And if that's how you operate, then, oh my God, we would love to have you. But it's, there are too many kids who, I wanna be an actor, how hard could it be? Um, And it's yeah. So I would actually tell most people, do not go into this profession unless this is, the thing that floats your boat more than anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I think, I do believe in paying your dues and I think when you're young, you have to slog. Mm -hmm. And it is everything I just said, you cannot have a life. But one of the things we are all working towards, and I think this is the lesson from COVID, we also have to find the balance. There has to be a... Why should it be that you have no life? I think we have to find a balance of making sure that it's a job, right? You rehearse eight hours a day and then you do the other things in your life that bring you pleasure. It can't be an all end and all, you know, be all and end all. I say that I want it to be. I have operated like that for 30 years, but even now I'm like, but I feel like now 30 years later I can say, okay, I don't need to be like that anymore. But it is the mindset. I think the point more than anything else is, it's very hard work. And unless you're willing to
1: give it your all, much easier ways to Mm -hmm. make a living. Well, good. So we're coming to an end. I think this, It's been an absolute pleasure, this conversation. I'm fascinated. Thank you for taking us through the the world of arts. But I think myself, I was very inspired for me the way you bring people with you in order to, to achieve something, which is a play, the success of a play, about being present, understand what drives people, and treat every person differently, and bring the group together. That's it's been it's it's fantastic and food (laughs) and so and and it's been amazing you dedicating 30 years of your life to this to the to the theater and uh, to the arts and uh, just keep yeah keep uh, inspiring and keep bringing more uh, magic. Thank Thank you for having me. It's been it has been a journey it's been fun and
0: I still love it and I love what I do so. Thank you for giving me this platform, and please come and see more Singapore Repetri Theatre shows.